When Paul Rudd showed up, I went, thank God! Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we talk all about Ghostbusters. Unfortunately, most of it is about Ghostbusters Afterlife, so yeah. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Nick Glover. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Molly Glover. Oh, hello. And Tim Wick. Who are you going to call? And we are going to talk about <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife. No, not Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're, we're going to talk about other Ghostbusters. <laughs> we're going to talk about all the Ghostbusters. Yay! Um, but unfortunately, that also includes talking about the most recent Ghostbusters film. Boo! No! Um, we have Ghostbusters at home. Ghostbusters at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's Ghostbusters I, Afterlife. <laughs> uh, at this point, I think it's pretty safe to assume that everyone has seen uh, the first three Ghostbusters movie, maybe even the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Uh, I wouldn't be terribly worried about having Afterlife spoiled for you, but if that's a concern, you, you know... You can pause this episode, go be disappointed, and then and then come back. That's fine. I'm pretty sure it's going to be on some streaming platform where you don't have to pay a rental price in the next 30 days or so. Yeah, you can yeah. watch it ad-supported, uh, but the ads might be kind of a welcomed... They're the, yeah, a break. welcome respite. Yeah. Um, As opposed to like, the ads in the, well, in the, I mean, in the movie. It's, yeah. fun, it's fun to watch people who are having fun eating cereal instead of watching people who are not having fun doing literally anything. Or you know, like um, uh, that horrible cut from footage of the Ukraine war over to the Applebee's commercial. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Yeah. Boy, that was bad. So, uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife is a sequel to the original two movies. Uh, it has some cameo overlap with the original cast. Yep. As much as they could, as including as... some they couldn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no Rick Moranis, though. Uh, mm. This wasn't worth it for him uh, to come back and to And I wonder why not. Well, uh, so, boy, um, without talking about the plot and, and all that too much, let's talk about what we did and didn't like. Let's start with did, just to start on difficult mode, and then we can crank it down to easy. <laughs> I liked that they had a female protagonist with... Apparent Asperger's. Uh, I would say that seemed like she was on the spectrum. With uh, they uh, seemed Phoebe, like right? Phoebe, yep, the the main girl. Uh, Spengler. Phoebe Spengler. Well, her name isn't Phoebe Spengler. Her name is Phoebe. Uh, her dad's name. Sure. But they yes. Uh, but yeah, Phoebe. Uh, I thought was it was good representation. I appreciate that they had that representation that they made it a female character, not a male character, like usually. Um, I do still quibble that we haven't quite gotten past girls with autism have to be obsessed with math and science and be genius inventors as opposed to, I don't know, theater goofs. But yeah. <laughs> like, that's fine. <laughs> I uh, I liked her character. Yeah. Uh, I liked Paul's Rudd, Rudd's character. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Carrie Coon's character. Yeah. I like the mom who, or the, the, 
I like the character who, uh, because her dad left them and he was a genius scientist, she fucking hates science now. Yeah. And doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody who thinks science is cool because fuck science, it took her dad away. That's that's a fun that's a fun arc. Sure, that's okay. I, I think the premise for the plot was good. Like I think yeah. if, you, if you gave this movie outline to a different writer and you didn't let anyone tell you that you needed to put in a bunch of little Stay Puffs because you want to make Stay Puff Man <laughs> toys, <laughs> and they didn't tell you that you need to make a fat eating ghost because they had a fat eating ghost in the other movies, mm-hmm. and and you you didn't make any of these requirements that feel like marketing opportunities more than anything else. Someone else could have written a really good script with this story. I. Ugh. I liked <laughs> the post-credit scene with Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver. That yes, that was, that was great. That was, that was a really was a, good scene. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't part of this movie. No, it, it, it had absolutely no relationship Not to bit. this movie. But I sure did like it. I like that it implied they've had a relationship this whole time. That right. was nice. Like, that was a nice little thing. Like, that's cute. And perhaps something about their kink sex play. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, but... I, I uh, will say, I, I, Nick, to your point about if they'd given the script to someone else, I would say, I guess if there was a different Big Bad, but the Gozer thing was so fucking stupid that I could not even handle it. I just, like, I, I did not need the key master and the gatekeeper and the gozer and the fucking all of it it was just like cool so we couldn't think of anything else well that's we couldn't come up with anything else yeah that's the problem with the movie isn't it it's that if you are not a fan of the ghostbusters franchise where is your entry point to this movie yeah it is all fan service it isn't its own story it relies so heavily on especially the first Ghostbusters movie basically almost ignores that the second Ghostbusters movie happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, it relies so heavily on that that if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, you're kind of at a loss. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think fan service is inherently bad either. No. Um, but this is hollow. It's it's pure fan service right. with nothing else. No substance to yeah. it. Sure. Yeah, sure. We I mean, we did we talked about Book of Boba Fett for last week's show. There was fan service on Book of Boba Fett. Tons. That was awesome. But the fan service wasn't done as the story. Yes, and it, it was, was so niche there. too. Yeah. There was a lot of niche things that were like there for people who knew or who yeah. looked for them. I felt like there were so many moments in Ghostbusters Afterlife where I bet that the director or the people, like probably the, maybe even the editor, were sitting in a theater, like just waiting for everyone to cheer. Oh, yeah. When a moment, like, like probably like 20 moments, they expected people to cheer in the theater. What? And it was like, no one is cheering for this. Like, oh, he pulled the drop cloth off. Oh, oh. it's the Ecto 1. It's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> of course, there's an Ecto 1. The, the, I, uh, the director's name. is it Jason Reitman? It was yeah. Jason Reitman. Yeah. So Ivan, Ivan, Ivan Reitman's son. son. Yeah. So and he, unfortunately, he died after this movie came out. Yeah. Oh, God damn, damn it, Nick. It's a damn shame. <laughs> uh, so he had a connection to the original Ghostbusters. Died disappointed in his son. Yeah. And honestly, the reason the reason I wanted to do an episode about Ghostbusters was not about Afterlife because fuck Afterlife, it's not good. It's like, but Ghostbusters. 
The first one is really great. Movie. I hated the second one when yeah. I saw it in the theater. Second I was terrible. Really hated it, and it kind of ruined Ghostbusters for me. Like it was that bad, uh, and because it felt like a retread. It was one of the first movies I remember seeing where I was like. This is just the first movie. Like, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, they had to make the Statue of Liberty dance with the pink slime and, like... It's, um, the first one's... I mean, I I, I can't imagine someone disagreeing that the first one's the best. It does really feel like one of those things where they they had lightning in a bottle and Mm -hmm. every attempt to recreate that has been a little bit worse. Mm -hmm. I would say that one thing that I, I hope maybe Afterlife has going for it is that this is the end of it. This is this is the period. <laughs> oh. This is the period at the end of the sentence. Hey guys, we they got to say goodbye to Egon. Mm-hmm. Everyone got to show up and get their their cameo check mm-hmm. and then fuck off. We get to know how all those characters are right now. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes me think that that maybe isn't the case is the other little credit stinger. Um Right. Yeah, where where we show uh, Janine and oh yeah, I can't remember his name. He's now a, a successful business. Winston. He's now a successful yeah. Yeah. businessman. Winston, who apparently this whole time has been building and funding the business to make all these things happen. It, it seemed like it seemed like there was some maybe behind was, the scenes. He was paying for Ray's bookstore. Yeah, right? and yeah. like. Yeah. I don't know if he was paying for for Egon's dirt farm. But that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, but also, they also said Egon couldn't keep the bills paid, so maybe no one was funding it. Maybe. But Yeah. But I, I hope this is about, the end. The other thing about Ghostbusters, I like the 2016 movie. Sure. Oh, yes, I, I forgot I, about the 2016 movie. I enjoyed movie. the I 2016 movie a loved lot. Loved it, yeah. yeah. And it sort of pisses me off that there was this need to reboot and pretend that that movie didn't exist yeah. because people are so pissed it was about girls. So and um, when I say progressively worse, I'm not counting that one. No, I forgot about it. Because that's a different thing. It's, it is. It's a completely different movie. Uh, uh, yeah. But... but it, it, I canon. really, I really liked it. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. I thought it was clever. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect, but the original Ghostbusters isn't perfect either. No, no. Because Bill Murray's character is a stalker, fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the um, '80s. No movie holds up anymore like yeah, that, you know. But for right. real though, I that first, I think a big thing that this movie missed is the it, this this Ghostbusters Afterlife is not a comedy. It. It might think it is, but it's not a comedy. Right. It's a feel-good coming-of-age story. Right. And that's not what the original Ghostbusters was. Right. And that's not what Ghostbusters 2016 was either. There's no, like... It, and so it just... It felt very, like, so much... It, it felt like they were trying to do Goonies yeah. instead of Ghostbusters. It was like if Goonies... If what they were trying to find instead of the treasure of One-Eyed Willie... And to save the town was the the hidden secrets of Egon Spengler and to save their their mom. You know, yeah. like it just is shallow it, as Yeah, part. yeah. So um kids name well, is and then podcast. They make, they make the kids really, name is podcast. They made really weird tonal decisions like, okay, mom mom discovers all the pictures in the basement and realizes that her father had been had been watching her and, and, yeah. and, and cared cared about her the entire time. And then she gets attacked by the dog. And it's like, Yeah, yeah. And turned into the dog. Turned yeah. into the dog. She she became she became the gatekeeper. Um because get it girl and never She mind. had to fuck yeah. Paul Rudd. Because two people in this movie had to fuck and everyone else was kids. And, so. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Like, when mean, the teenager, when um, uh, uh, Lucky got turned into the dog, Nick's like, he turns to me, he goes, 
Paul Rudd's like, listen, I had to fuck her. I don't know. I know she's 15, but like, you have to understand, we were both dogs. Like, it was a whole ghost thing. Honestly, it shouldn't even count, Your Honor. I don't think it counts. I don't think it counts. She looked like a dog to me, Your Honor, like a regular hellhound. it, It misses so much of what I really love about the original Ghostbusters, and that's this, like, kind of sarcastic apocalypse that's happening Mm -hmm. this doesn't have that feeling at all it doesn't it doesn't have you know it's true this man has no dick no the the original ghostbusters is like it's these three schlubs right yeah Yeah. four schlubs yeah these guys are losers who just happen to have have Figured out how to trap ghosts. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're the right guys for the moment, but they are the wrong guys for every other moment. I yeah. feel like also there were a, a lot of choices made in Afterlife that just felt very, just like, like no one would do that. Like, oh, there's a ghost trap and Paul Rudd holds it up and a little bit of ghost comes out and he's like, oh man, there's something in here. And then they're like, we got to open it. What? Like, in what world? You know it's a ghost trap? Like, you're familiar enough with everything to know it's a ghost trap. And your first inclination is, well, this was buried underneath Egon's house out under a series of puzzle boxes. Yeah. But we should open it. Clearly. Let's open it up. Clearly, whatever is in there, he wanted to get out. It made me so mad because it just felt like, it's like, they set him up to be this, like, 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 he's a science guy, and I guess the whole, oh, you're reckless, science is dangerous, and sure, but, like, also science makes sense. Like, you're yeah. dangerous because you're trying to make some sense of things. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, what, I think we were talking about this a little bit, too, when we watched it, Molly, but um, one of the things I really like about the original Ghostbusters is, um, okay, so assume there are ghosts. In the world, right? Sure. That, that, that's a thing that happens. The original Ghostbusters definitely assumes ghosts. Right. But, yes. But but there's no reason that if ghosts exist, you can't affect them in some way. With science. With, with mm-hmm. fucking quantum physics, right? So they figure out how to make the proton packs and how to make the ghost traps and the containment unit and all that stuff using, you know, n- nuclear physics and, and whatnot. Yeah. Science, yes. I, I loved that because it, it makes me think of like, I don't know, an HP Lovecraft story where then someone shows up with a fucking ray gun or something and just starts, you know, eviscerating mutants or mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, like, there's no reason they wouldn't be susceptible to those forms of, of damage and whatnot. And from an atheist perspective for just a moment, it's mm-hmm. like there is nothing in this about Christian gods. Right. Yeah. Even, even, even in the, the, the first movie when the bishop shows up, yeah, this is an ancient Sumerian god that is fucking real mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. and steps on a church. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is, but, yeah. but, 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 you know, same difference. Yeah. And... So, yeah, we accept that ghosts are real, but we don't toss a whole shit ton of Christian mythology on top of it. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Uh, Ghostbusters was a a formative film for me in my youth for a a lot of reasons. It was one of the first movies I can remember scaring the absolute shit out of me. (laughs) I was terrified of the librarian ghost. Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched this movie, I think, for the first time. I want to say I was like six or eight, maybe. I don't know when it came out. But uh, I remember being very young. I was at my biological father's uh, home in Sherburne with his parents, and it was on TV. And so we were all going to watch Ghostbusters. And when the librarian ghost came out, I 
like in that little kid way it was just like lost my shit like just cried and cried and it took me I had to steal my nerves to go back to it another time later and I like I've always said that if there's one supernatural thing I could ever believe in it would probably be ghosts not souls but ghosts the idea that you know matter can neither be created nor destroyed the energy that you know puppets your corpse goes somewhere and so if someone was trying to tell me that the energy that is a person's personality and thoughts exists still together in the air somewhere or whatever the fuck like that sort of makes sense right sure. like that could i could right. you don't closest. you don't you don't believe that but i don't believe that, that but like that's the, the closest i think yeah. i could think of that would work for me um but uh, what I love about this is that they, because of that, they have, uh, like, I've always thought ghost hunting is so interesting because it's it's so tangible. People are measuring things that are really there, like cold spots and electro electricity fluxes. Those are things that just happen. Like, right. those are things that just exist. But they want to be like, oh, my God, that's a ghost. It's cold over there. It's like, I mean, it is cold over there. But it doesn't You're mean not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. So what's so cool about it is it's like, it's, it's evidence that's just being prescribed meaning. Yeah. It's not meaning without evidence, like religion, right? Like it's right. not. Sure. And so that's something I always found really interesting. I've always been really fascinated by haunted house ghost stories and yeah. stuff, whereas possession does nothing for me. So like the gozer stuff, in even in the the first Ghostbuster, that was always the most boring stuff to me. The I am Vigo and all that. It was just kind of like, oh, he's possessed. Oh, they're possessed. I, oh, okay. Demons. Oh, okay. Demons. Sure. It's like ancient, ancient vengeful gods that predate any religion that we know now is something that I, I like in a story. Sure, like yeah. It, it, kind yeah. Of, it kind of fits alongside yeah. like a, you know, mythos type stuff. But yeah. like, I mean, if anything's going to be real, if anything's going to have a, a horrible apocalypse waiting for us or some sort of vengeful demon or deity, why would it be anything that we have people that know about still today like yeah. not even like Norse religion sure. older than that you know yeah. predating uh, all cradle of civilization shit yeah, yeah. right yeah. Totally. And, I mean the other thing that I appreciate about the, the, the original Ghostbusters is yeah it's a comedy but it does a really good job of meshing horror with yes. comedy it is yeah. scary not a, it's not a horror movie but there are there's are, there's stuff going on there that is really scary like when Sigourney Weaver is sitting in the chair in her apartment and the hands start breaking out mm -hmm. yeah. and, and like what happened to down. Egon yeah. yeah yeah. but we'd already seen it happen yes exactly right. yeah. and that's exactly it um, we'd already seen all of it so none of it was scary but, but it was scary in the original and that's the great thing because yeah. the comedy is so good but then when the scary stuff happens you're like fuck mm-hmm um, they have the existential dread of the oncoming apocalypse. And, I mean, at a certain point, they're just like, fuck it. You know what? We got nothing else to do. We're just going to do the one thing that we've always said not to do and cross the streams. Because mm -hmm. I guess maybe that'll work. Or it'll cause a nuclear explosion and wipe out all of New York. But at this point, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Like, there's this, um, not nihilistic, but like an existential like acceptance of failure. I and think, then in afterlife, they're like, "Well, cross the streams. That's how yeah. we did it last time. Yeah. And it doesn't work." And who's surprised he, by that? He yeah. built a fucking machine to cross the streams on its own. Yeah, <laughs> like using a fucking egg timer. I will say too, like, and again, I am a Minneapolis person, Minnesota person, Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Thank you. But like, I feel like integral to Ghostbusters is New York City. Yeah. And so the one of the things I love about the, about the first Ghostbusters movie is it's like. 
First of all, uh, that there are people who are just like, yeah, yeah, I got a fucking ghost. It's a pain in my ass. <laughs> right. You know, like... Trying to drive this like, cab here. Yeah. Can you do something about this piece of shit? You know, like... And so, like, their, their whole commercial is like, are you annoyed? Like, do you have ghosts? Like, are they, are they causing you problems? Like, we'll fix it. You know, you can pay anybody to do anything in New York, including get rid of this fucking ghost. And, like, the people who are always like, I just can't believe I have a ghost. But no one's like... Ghosts aren't real. This is an earthquake, right? right? Like they they know what it is. They've seen it, and it's like ah yeah, class four specter. Oh, we got this. It's all very matter of fact, and it's all just very like just in a day's work, right? Like for these guys, and in the small town where it was like very like oh oh dirt farmer no one knows his name he just lives out on the mysterious old farm and no one's ever gone out there to try to like talk to him in the 20 years he's been out there and like they all are just like there's daily earthquakes paul rudd says there's daily earthquakes but yet nothing is earthquake like oklahoma <laughs> like there is in the cop station they had a stack of donut holes yeah. <laughs> they made a pyramid <laughs> of donut holes in a town that gets daily earthquakes it's, no one has every there's just jars the on open store. shelves what? the hardware store what? just Why has are there not like 15 science stations like every seismologist on earth yeah. would be setting up a setting up a a, 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 a richter yeah. seismograph you know, seismograph excuse me um to be tracking what the fuck this shit is, yeah. right? No, it's some some science some science teacher who's the one who's like, look at how this isn't like earthquakes anywhere yeah. else. Literally, nobody has ever like like done anything about it, and they're just and and the earthquakes have been getting worse. <laughs> like, and so, nobody's like, wow, there's never never been earthquakes uh-huh. in Oklahoma. Yeah, let's so, let's ask why. Yeah, all three of us liked the the the. Most recent 2016 Ghostbusters. 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 Very much. So I know there are a lot of people who are vocal about not liking it. Uh, What if the new Ghostbusters Afterlife was... uh, the, The production was funded by... People who wanted to make 2016 Ghostbusters look better by contrast. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you you thought that was a bad Ghostbusters movie? Hang on a second. Wait, yeah, give me a couple yeah. years. Oh, my gosh. Hold, hold my Ecto beer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Because that wasn't a fucking rehash. Yeah. And this one was. It, it was just the first movie over again with kids. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was... But yeah. not in New York. Right. I, I mean... It wasn't, it wasn't. There was a lot in this movie that was just dumb. And, you know, let's put it in the middle of Oklahoma because we don't want to film it in New York, in New York or something. We don't something. want to film it in any cities. We just want to be able yeah. to film it anywhere. And you can, who's going to be like, that don't look like Oklahoma? Yeah. Nobody. No one's going to, you're going to tell me you've seen every part of Oklahoma, even people who are from Oklahoma? Like, What Ghostbusters fan was like, what I'm really looking for is a shot of the <laughs> ectomobile driving yeah. through a cornfield. How does this affect rural America? Ask literally <laughs> nobody ever about Ghostbusters. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like why is there an ancient Sumerian temple uh not underground in Oklahoma? And Buried in the how was it there and why? Why was it there? Like that is very far away from anything that had anything to do with Sumerian. Well, and it's so Lee lines, Molly. It had oh, yeah. to, it, something to do with Lee lines. You know what? Somewhere. It was the natives built it cuz they just felt Ooh. like it, right? Oh so, my god. Well, and there's that uh, the the timeline 
that they have written around the top of the, mm-hmm. the living room, but also, you know, in the temple, yeah. showing that every so many years these, yeah. these events happen, right? So this has happened tons of times before, and it's always been stopped then? And By who? Where did those things happen? Yeah. Because once it happened at a building in New York, yeah. and th- this time it happened at this uh, Sumerian temple in Somerville. Get it? That's clever. Uh-huh. Um, where did it happen all these previous times, and how did it get stopped? Also, like, it just... 2021 wasn't the last date on that temple wall. There was another date. The next one was like 20-something, 30-something, or 23-something. Like 20, 21, like, 30. There was yeah. another date. It kept going, so it's going to keep happening. Yeah, it's not over. It's not over. They, they, <laughs> they trapped Gozer, but Gozer's just trapped, right? Gozer can get out. I can, clearly, all someone has to do is decide to let him out. <laughs> and and, and the, the, the ghost that was trapped in the trap that Egon hid... Yeah. And then guided his granddaughter to in an attempt to, I don't understand. I guess, yeah, I don't know why he would guide her to that. You'd yeah, think she, like the first thing she'd do is open it. Yeah, he'd want to keep her as far away from that as yeah. possible. Because it was one of the, it was like one of the key, it was the key master or the gatekeeper yeah. ghost that had been trapped in that uh-huh. that trap, uh-huh. which you would really like to keep them in since yeah. Gozer needs both of them. He does. Yep. Gozer would have, like, the movie couldn't have had, yeah, it makes me think of Pitch Meeting, where it's like, why would they open the ghost trap? It's like, because that's what needs to happen in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, we can't have the movie. Hopefully, the numbers along the top mean we're not going to get another Ghostbusters movie until 2134. Hey, Um, you know what? uh, I'll be long dead. Unless it's a sequel to the 2016 Ghostbusters uh, movie, which which wouldn't be as good. I understand that, but I'd still take it over another Ghostbusters Afterlife movie. I would also accept something completely new if it was good. Sure. Right? That's a that's a low bar. <laughs> just, just you know, Ghostbusters is fine if it's good. That's all I want. That's but not, also that's set not. it in a city. Can we just set it in a city? Maybe not New York. Fine. San Francisco's fine. Sure. Chicago. We can do Chicago. Heck, Denver. I'm fine with Denver, but <laughs> yeah, middle of nowhere Oklahoma is not a good place for a Ghostbusters. I watch. Uh, I watch uh, Ghostbusters L.A. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That could be all the Hollywood, you know, ghosts and <laughs> all that sort of thing. I just, I just think Look that out, it's Freddy Arbuckle. Isn't that, the Twilight, <laughs> isn't that the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror? Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, totally, kind of, right? totally. That's, yeah. Well, that's Ghostbusters Hollywood. Yeah, I uh, I just think that, I don't know, I Ghostbusters, like Nick said, it was lightning in a bottle. And the more you try to recreate it, the further away it's going to feel from the original. Like, you just, that's, you just can't recapture something like that. It was just a beautiful thing. And, you know, like, I, I it's, it really speaks a lot to how pervasive the theme is. Uh, the fact that they played the Ghostbusters theme at the end of Ghostbusters Afterlife. They didn't get anyone to cover it. They just played the Ray Parker Jr. version just so that everyone had one last little nostalgia dick twist if they were leaving the theater to be like, oh, see kids, when dad was young, we love this. Oh, I remember dancing to this song on cocaine. (laughs) I I, I just feel like all that movie is doing is saying, if there's any part of this movie that you enjoyed, why don't you go back and watch the original Ghostbusters? It's like trying to get all the millennials to watch the original Ghostbusters. That's all they're trying to do with this movie. They're just like, you're probably curious why I think, this movie even exists. I think you mean Gen Z because yeah. millennials are 40. Right. So. <laughs> uh, they, they didn't see the damn movie either. So, 
how about this? Uh, before we go to five questions, we'll go in chronological order on through all the Ghostbusters movies and okay. give them a a, uh, a B C D F. Okay. Rating. Okay. Uh, uh, so the first movie, Ghostbusters, I think nineteen eighty four. I don't know. A. Seven? A from Molly. I will give it an emotional A, but as far as the quality of the film, it's probably a B. Emotional A for me. For I give things ratings based on entertainment value. Yeah, a, I, a for me. And A, any of its feelings are more than made up for with its with its uh, good positive qualities, including yeah. like the great special effects. Yes. You know, even yep. for the today. Yes. All right. Uh, Ghostbusters two. D. <laughs> C. C minus. C minus. Yeah. I feel like it was all the same characters, and that was enjoyable. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. I'm going to give it a B plus because I really liked it, but it's still a retread. Yeah. And so it, I, I feel like a reboot, a retread is very rarely going to get an A from me. Uh, but it, B plus is my highest offer to a reboot I, movie. I, I'll say B. Yeah, I would, I would probably say B plus. The plus is almost entirely for Chris Hemsworth. See, yeah, and, and Kate McKinnon. I was gonna say yeah. Kate McKinnon is why that movie is yeah. almost an A minus yeah. yeah. for me because yeah. she's fucking perfect. She's fucking but uh, all right, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. F. I was so bored. I, I was just waiting for it to be over. I, I'll say D. I want to give it a score lower than F, <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a D minus. All right. Because it was competently made, I'll give it. Yeah. A, you know what? I'll give it a D minus for Autism Girl and uh, Blonde Carrie Coon. Those yeah. are two things yeah. I enjoyed yeah. very much. She, she, she pulls off the blonde hair quite well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, that was our we're talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> uh, so, just March first, uh, unless you're a patron, our new episode unveiled five new questions that we're asking for your answers to. Uh, we do not yet have. Any answers from anyone? Because as we record this today, it's March 1st. Yeah. So uh, we have a couple of questions remaining from our, our previous... Uh, we have one question this, left. This is our final set of five our questions. Our final set of five questions. So what we really need is for you to send us your answers to our new five questions. You can find those on our website, uh, the most recent episode that went up on March 1st, uh, or on Facebook, we posted them there as well to a, with a link to our, our website if you want to see what we uh, how we expand on those. But uh, otherwise, Molly, who do we have five questions from? We have our final set of five questions from Nick Schaub. Thanks, Nick. Nick says, hi, Molly, Nick, and Tim. Because you asked for five more questions so nicely, here they are. Did Aww. we ask nicely? We did ask. Ni- well, I wouldn't say we asked nicely. I was pretty rude. I feel like we asked desperately. That tracks. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Question one. How do you feel about soup? Hmm. I'm a big fan of soup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like I like soup a lot. I, I, I like um, purees better mm, than like chunky thicker, soups. Thicker soups, yeah. but not chunks yeah. in, in broth. Because most of the time, chunky soup has onions, tomato, onions and tomatoes in them, and I don't care for either. Yeah. Um, I... I uh, I like a stew quite a bit. Mm. Is chili a soup? I don't think so. No. I, I don't think stew it's is own a thing. Soup. Stew isn't soup. I don't think stew is uh, a soup. I think soup is more of a it's it's a wetter food. I, I fucking love soup. You do. And I, I've been known to go through periods of time where it's like, oh, I'll just eat soup for every lunch for like two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. There there was this um when we we went on some princess cruises for a while, 
And they had this soup, which was a beef consomme, mm. which is consomme is, is thicker. It's more like it's, a gelatin. It's, th- it's thickened and, with gelatin. And yep. it was actually served cold. Yep. Uh, and yep. I fucking loved it. Yep, it's really but good. every time I ordered it, <laughs> the server was like, uh, I want you to understand that this is cold. And I'm like, yep. I know. Just just give me the biggest fucking bowl of it you can. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. I, um, I've never had cold soup other than gazpacho, and that wasn't my bag. Yeah. So that's I don't know. Maybe That's I'll fair. try to make I it. liked it. I, I like cold it. mint soup. Maybe I'll try to make us a cold mm. mint soup this The only summer. thing I really don't go for is uh, is is fruit soup because to me it's basically just smoothies with a spoon. Yeah. Agreed. I'm not yeah. a fan of fruit soup. I love soup. I love making soup especially. I make my own uh, bone broth, especially like a chicken broth. Oh, yeah. And I, I just made a batch and it's very good. Um, but I I all have a... Uh, um, a very strong aversion to onions in that they I do not fuck with onions and uh, so it's hard to eat any canned soup anymore because of the smell they all, it's because of the smell it's also because of the taste and because they fuck up my digestion but mostly it's the smell I uh, the smell of onions makes me uh, hate life and turn into Agretsuko who cannot think of anything but how much she wants to destroy the onions fair enough so uh, but uh, it's hard most canned soups have onions yeah it's really hard to find any that don't it's cheap with um, that flavor yeah so i have a hard time with that and and it's hard you'll be at a restaurant and it's like oh that sounds really good and it's like does this soup have onions and they don't know and they'll go back and ask the kitchen and the kitchen will say no because the kitchen just wants you to order this <laughs> fucking soup and like so i i love i have a i have a, a complicated relationship with soup but That's, i love making yeah. it for myself like a dutch tomato soup with some mm. grilled cheese mm. Mm. if you best. ever go to holland get their tomato soup like the the tomato soup of holland is a it is like nothing you've ever had before it's incredible it's incredible all right question two what does your ideal retirement look like tim you're gonna go to one of those disney communities no that sounds awful (laughs) my ideal retirement involves a uh rv and just driving around the country and seeing shit Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. that sounds really fun how about you, Nick? What's your uh, ideal retirement look like? A life of of leisure and fun projects and home or land improvement. Uh, maybe someplace like in Holland or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we've but. talked about retiring to uh, the outskirts of uh, like out like the the towns outside of like uh, an hour train from Amsterdam yep, or something. Yeah. Yep in the country uh i i really want to have uh one of the reasons i want to live there is they have like suburbanish areas with uh goats in the yards and that sounds that was like one of the greatest things i've ever seen and just the idea of having like my own little garden and a lawn but not like land i don't want to have a farm i don't want to have like a goat farm i just want to have like two goats and they're cute and they mow the lawn for me and then also i have tulips and that sounds amazing uh mostly my ideal retirement is uh uh, having the ability to work a job that doesn't have a lot of stress. Oh, yeah. I think it'd be really, f- I'm, I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't think anybody of our generation, like Gen X or millennial is going to be able to actually retire and not work. Oh no, I'm just, not going to be able to retire. Like you're not going to be able to be like, Oh, I'm 65 now. So I retire from my job and live off my retirement money. Like I just don't <laughs> see that happening uh, because honestly the world will probably be on fire, but, I, I, I do think a lot about how it would be nice just to be able to 
focus on uh, going for walks and taking care of the dog and, you know, doing yard stuff. And yeah. when I say the dog, I obviously mean probably a different dog. Right. <laughs> but, At that point, dog. probably, I think, yeah. <laughs> All right. Question three. What is something you'd like to improve in the geek community? Ooh. I'm going to say the Minnesota geek community because that's yeah. the geek community we know. We don't need to worry about other places. What's something you want to improve in the Minnesota geek community? Uh, the geek community in Minnesota is super misogynist. Yeah. 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 It really is. It's also very white. And and it would be, I wish that we could do something about either of those things. Uh, I, I would really... I really want to... Uh, stop the pervasive attitude that uh, being mocked for being a geek and having geeky interests is the same as racism. Oh, yeah. Or sexism or homophobia. And that uh, we're all nerds, so we all experience the same levels of of bigotry. And it's like, fucking no, we don't. You should be sympathetic to to racism because you got picked on in high school for playing Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. So boy, that's ugh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go more lighthearted. Oh, with fine. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna go the other way. Uh, I wish that the nerd community didn't have this uh, constant need to chime in and add one thing to be the funniest person oh in the room God. all the time. Yes. Uh, if you ever... can add something, up, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, there's this, there's this, yes, if you are perhaps on the committee of any sort of local convention, some sort of a con com, uh, and you've ever been in a meeting for a convention, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's, uh, shut up, sit down, let's get this move meeting fucking over with. No one wants to hear you quote Monty Python. We've all seen it. Yes, yes. You're all so funny. Yeah, yeah, I'm there with you. Okay, question four, and this one's really just for Tim. We. How the hell do I parent my 13-year-old? Because <laughs> I have a feeling my answer is going to be something that's going to put Nick in jail. So <laughs> this Nick uh, Shop, not oh, Nick. Oh Lover. yeah, Jesus. Thirteen-year-olds are, are are a challenge. Hmm. Patience. Yeah. Seriously, it's a lot of patience. Patience, and I like. So what I remember from my. I was a very good 13-year-old. My my, my uh, oldest younger brother was uh, uh, decided the way to get attention was to be the opposite of me and therefore be a very acting out 13-year-old. And I feel like uh, early boundaries as opposed to angry yelling would have been better for him. You yeah. know? You know, and I, I will say Nick, uh, his, he's, he's been, been through a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids are, you know, split between the mom and the dad. And that, that adds just an extra layer of, oh, split of complexity, complexity yeah. to, to what's going on. And I, I, I just think, I mean, everything I've seen, Nick's a good dad. He really mm-hmm. is. You are a good dad, Nick. How are you parent your 13 year old? Nick Shop. Nick yeah. Shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not this Nick. Uh, but, but. Ironically, interestingly enough, this Nick is also yeah, dating, a, dating a Molly. It's Nick and Molly. Oh, yeah. Nick and Molly. Uh, I, I have advice uh, for you, and that is uh, drop them off with the fucking Unitarians. Yeah? Uh, the Unitarian Universalist Youth Programs. Even if he's no interest in religion whatsoever, that's fine. Neither do they. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they will teach... Uh, 
social justice and being involved in your community, and they have a Cracker Jack sex ed program that'll mm-hmm. make them uh, blush and not be afraid of a pussy. And there's no and, Jesus. It's not right, about no, it's, Jesus it's not or about, sinners. It's not about or... dogma, but um, I think it's a great opportunity for a young man to learn empathy and get mm-hmm. exposed to good ideas and... Um, and learn how to, uh, you know, accept uh, other cultures, other beliefs, and that sort of thing. And I, I think really you, you, you couldn't do wrong with that if, uh, if, if you find the right, right group of Unitarians to, to make them hang out with. Yeah, I honestly think it works for, I mean, whether, whatever, whatever gender expression your child is ex- exhibiting these days, I think it would go well over there too. Uh, it sounds like they aren't just focused on... You know, the strict gender binary, they, no. you know, the Unitarians aren't focused on, you know, there's there's plenty of atheists there, you know, and so it won't be somewhere where, you, you know, the, the kid feels like they can't talk about that if that's how they're feeling. But honestly, too, uh, you know, just be there. Be around them. Yeah. Make them yeah. hang out with you. Make the kid be in the room with you. You can be on your phone. You can be on your game. You can be doing whatever, but you're, we're going to be in the same room. Just be in the same room, you know? And, like, you know, my mom was really strict, like, like really strict. And, and it, it worked for the autistic one who liked to follow the rules, but it didn't really work for the kid that was feeling constrained, you yeah. know? And be yeah. interested in the shit he's interested in. Yeah. Even if you're, even if you're not. Yeah. yeah, there are times. There are times where my kids are talking about something they're super interested in, and I just don't fucking care. But you know what? I let them be interested in, and I listen. Yep. And and that makes them feel like they're important. There's a plot summary on Wikipedia for literally every single show that exists. Goddamn right. Like every anime, every weird fucking thing. Yep. Like look it up. If you hear him using meme talk, go look up the meme. Like, get it. You know, you don't have to just know it. Just know what's going on. All right, and question five. Mm. As Minnesotans limp, bedraggled, out of the dreary doldrums of February, mm. what is the worst part of winter, and why is it March? <laughs> Shut up. I love March. Yeah. I, I do. I, lo- I love that... It's getting warmer in March. It's getting better already. And the, the snow is starting to melt. And, I mean, and then it gets cold for a little while. But there, there's something about March that it just like, it feels like winter's ending. It's hope. I What I hate about March is that with that melt comes below freezing nights. And so our sidewalks, no matter how good you are at, at snow and ice maintenance, you're going to end up with patches of ice in your sidewalk. And most people, as we've talked about recently, aren't amazing at snow and ice removal in their their yards. So you end up mm-hmm. with, like, long stretches of sidewalk that are just, like, an inch of fucking yeah. slick, freshly frozen ice. And I, I hate that. But I think the worst part about winter is along those lines, I can't walk at full speed I mean, all of it, like for one reason yeah. or another, there's like no acceptable time in Minnesota winter where you can go out for a walk outside and walk at your full gate, your full clip. Like you have to walk slower. You have to take smaller steps. You have yeah. to you know watch your step for, or, or you're walking through snow and you got to kind of trudge and and march. Like I, I one of the one of the best things about taking a vacation to someplace without snow in like February is 
being able to just like walk with you know swinging your arms and the long stretch of your mm-hmm. legs it's just yeah. so fucking I love, exhilarating i love walking outside yeah. yeah and i can't do it for the whole of winter yeah today was like the first day when i was able to do that where all the sidewalks were completely clear the problem is that now all the uh the street crossings are just like slush puddles to the yeah. ankle but you know for the majority of the sidewalk if it's 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 wet or it's clear at least but yeah, I, I, uh, March is, I, I'm, I have a late April birthday and I, I have a complicated, I don't like spring cause it's like, <laughs> it's, it always feels like it's getting there. But, uh, I also, uh, spring and fall are when my, uh, my mania tends to, uh, pop up a little bit more. So I have to be really vigilant about that stuff. But man, it feels so good right now just to have the sun and the the few moments of birds and the occasional like oh my god we're so close like i think we might not have any more below zero days guys i really think yeah. we might not have any more below zero daytime temperatures for the rest of this calendar that's year f- and that's fucking amazing it's important to note fahrenheit yeah, we yeah will, fahrenheit we're we will goddamn have, america we will have plenty of below zero celsius days uh in the next few weeks. Don't yeah, come at me with your sensible measuring system. Nobody gives a shit about Celsius. <laughs> you might as well be talking about Kelvin. Uh, those are our five questions. Yep, that's it. Thank you so much, Nick. The temperature scale, by the way. Kelvin, the temperature scale. Yes, <laughs> yes. Not friend of the show, Kelvin Hatley. Uh, and not the Kelvin universe, Tim's favorite universe in the Star Trek uh, <laughs> uh, media. Um, all right, so... Uh, we talked a lot about Ghostbusters Afterlife and the other uh, busting genre the movies. Other superior the Ghostbusters other, the movies. Other bust- like, it's, it's the fourth for installment in the busting <laughs> yeah. genre. Yeah. Uh, let us know. Does busting make you feel good? Um, uh, did Ghostbusters Afterlife make you feel good? I doubt it, but if it did, I'd love to hear why. Uh, you can comment on Facebook, or if you're a, a patron, you can comment on Patreon. Um, as always, if you're a patron, you're probably listening to this episode early, maybe even weeks early. It's nuts. And if you want to get in on that early episode action, you can just throw us, you know, a buck or two a month will do. Hot early episode action. We let you listen to this episode early because we're insane. Oh my God. We should start an OnlyFans. Single mothers in your area want to know, can you listen to the episode early? Okay. It's an OnlyFans, but it's just the three of us shirtless and that's all. And nothing special. Just the three of us shirtless. Uh, and we're like, know, yeah. No, we also show feet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we also yeah. show feet. I will do feet pics for anyone for sure. money. Yeah, you heard it. If you're a patron, Molly will send you feet pics. That's a pledge. Extra money, though. Extra well, money, I mean, guys. Come yeah. on. Nobody gets yeah, free. You don't get feet for the flat rate. Yeah. No. I'm not yeah. some kind of free foot slut. Yeah. And that's how we found out Quentin Tarantino listened to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We've been Geeks Without God, and as always, we'll have a new episode up next Tuesday. See you later. Bye. Bye. Dustin makes me feel... Uh. We're Geeks Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod.
We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. We're geeks. We're geeks without God. We're geeks. Geeks without God. How much would you like? I'm Quentin Tarantino, and I'm very wealthy. <laughs>